The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. We welcome our online listeners. It's good to have you with us, as well as you folks here in the uh, auditorium tonight. This is the Identity Matters Worldview Seminar. It is a part of a one-day conference we have put together on worldview issues. So what we basically did is we pulled together some of the key pictorials or diagrams that communicate very quickly within a couple hours here, communicate very quickly one of the most traumatic crises that's facing the church today. It's not going to be received well by many people, is my guess, because there are so many churches and and Christians who have worked so diligently to pursue peace with all men to the point that they're unable to discern the truth anymore, at least on a regular basis. So we have an issue to deal with when it comes to worldview. Worldview, of course, is is a um, popular word that is used out there, and typically it could mean probably a hundred different things. Well, hopefully we can become the rebel with a cause now, but rebelling against a different authority figure who really doesn't have that much authority. Satan. But that's what this culture did as a group. They kicked back from their parents. You thought the 60s were bad? This is called perfectionist rebellious, rebellious perfectionism. These kids are clean. They dress clean. They're meticulous. And on and on. Whereas the 60s, men, there'd be a week go by before I'd shower. You always look dirty and grubby and hippie. Where do you think the term hipster came from? They're children of hippies. So these are some of the cultural things that you need to understand when you see a hipster or any of the other 11 labels on the, on the millennial generation. You'll understand a little bit. But they're all saying a couple things together. And that's what I want to show you. Here's our scripture for tonight. 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 17. One of my favorite. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse. Boy, I've seen that. Deceiving and being deceived. You, listener, who actually has the indwelling life of Christ? You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing 
from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, and righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now here's the deal. I believe the millennial generation as a whole will not support this. That the scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction. You can't correct them. They're unteachable. The Holy Spirit has to do some kind of miraculous work to have them actually hear you. Anytime you are speaking such profound truth to somebody and they're staring at you like they're dead, like they're staring out of a coffin, this applies. They can't be taught. They got to do the teaching. You see, when Paul was saying this, he was basically telling these people, remember where you got these truths. Because he knew he was addressing a people that wasn't getting it because of the Holy Spirit. So when Paul says these ridiculous comments like, just do as I do. Remember where you learn these things. See, I'm not afraid to look at Dr. Solomon and talk about him in such a way that some people have even accused me of being too attached and lifting him up too high as a man and whatever. Well, they don't know. They have no clue what goes on inside my mind. I understand Dr. Solomon according to this passage. You better believe I'm going to brag on him as long as these lips keep moving. Not to exalt him, but Christ in him. And every man is given truths in a very unique way to be spoken out in a unique way for unique people. But if they're liberal and they're not coming down to the solid, basic facts, principles, and life of Christ, truth, I don't want to listen to them. When someone sends me a link and I get them all the time, oh, you got to listen to this guy. And I'll listen to the guy and go, really? <laughs> Where did they get powerful message out of that? You know, I felt like donating afterwards. Our, our, our church is very sick. And the millennials cannot be corrected. They're not teachable. Why is correction and reproof two separate words there when it sounds like it's the same thing? It's not. Correction is turning someone. It's a little bit forceful. But reproof is getting a spanking. That's hard stuff. And scriptures for that purpose? Will someone please bring me my tea?
and my crumpets. You see, it's like we run to what comforts us to avoid truth. See, here's the deal. Is Jesus truth or not? He is the truth. Is Jesus a method? He is the way. Is he life? Now, we, here's what America's done. Listen to me at 602-292-2982. Here's what we've done, America. Here's what we've done, podcast listener. We have turned this country into an educational institution. Knowledge, 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 even knowledge of the exchange life, but yet they don't know what they're talking about. Truth is a person, and it bubbles out through my voice, it bubbles out through my mind, it bubbles out through my legs. Truth is a person, and when the Holy Spirit cuts loose through a truth person, it's going to cut through me. As I will leave here tonight going, that certainly wasn't me, Lord. And I'll probably hear back, it certainly wasn't. I have a relationship with Jesus where I get reproof, teachings, corrections. Then I start to feel like I'm getting some training in righteousness. So I wonder what the millennials are learning in this institutional country that relies upon facts and figures and education for transformation. I call it dumbing down the gospel. That's what I call it. See, knowledge puffs up. Truth releases. I've got friends that have never darkened the doorstep of any kind of learning institution. And when they start teaching or preaching, I sit down and listen. We are antennas. It's like, it's like our smartphones. It receives data. It receives images, right? We could spend several hours just on the, the complexity of a smartphone. And when I was done explaining to you the technology and complexity of a smartphone, I doubt there would be one person that is listening that would disagree with me. But yet they won't believe the simple fact that you can become an indwelt believer and have the power of the living God inside your mortal being and the Holy Spirit can actually receive from Jesus Christ and use your human body to release it to the people. That's how I live and breathe because honestly my flesh is an idiot. It cannot be trusted. It's ugly. It's dark. It's, it's showing manifestations of wickedness. So the more that my meter goes over to Christ in me, I know that I know that flesh is in this mortal body and it will go to my casket. But it's, you see, The old man who was in charge of it is dead. There's no bondage to it. Well, preacher, if you're listening, why aren't you preaching this in your churches? 
Sunday school teachers, why aren't you teaching this in your Sunday school classes? Authors, why aren't you writing about it? Why are you writing about the topical garments that people wear in Christianity versus the life of Christ that's on the inside of them? One of my spiritual heroes, George Mueller, when he was given that mansion for those orphans, he that library in that mansion was full of books. Does anyone know how many books he had when he died? Three. This beautiful library, three books. One was a book on what someone wrote about him, testimony. One was a book he wrote about himself. And one was the Bible. And I realized that even though that the, the, this journalist was just basically giving information that that was just a fascinating piece of history, I got that. The only thing that is important is the triune identity of even humans connecting to God. What do people say about you? What do you say about yourself? And who's the one saying it, ultimately? I think George got that. And I have to be reminded of that on a very regular basis. This is out of uh, Daniel 2. What the Lord basically gave me was these five points that I've been researching and working on for a year. So I call them the, the global five deceptions out of Daniel 2, which is a figure of a man indwelt by Satan. Who had that dream? Do you remember? Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel was given the proper interpretation as an antenna from God. And he went in there and interpreted this dream. And guess what? It's just now coming true. Now pieces have been being unfolded through the, the centuries, but there's something very significant about this. I threw this by several theologians, and it, and it actually bent their minds a little bit. Because it's in the papers. It's going to be on Fox News when I go home tonight. You see, even though that they are a solid conservative, it is not necessarily Christ's life worldview, is it? No, because there are true indwelt believers working for them. And then there's a bunch of followers. And then there's a bunch of dead as doorknob ones, right? You mix all that together and what do you've got? A Christian worldview. And yes, you heard me correctly. I am separating tonight the difference between a Christian worldview and a Christ as life worldview. And I will travel any place that God tells me to go. I've just been released by my cardiologist to travel after heart failure seven years ago. And now he says, go. And I'm going. We have precious donors that have stepped up to say, we're paying, you go. As long as there's one person sitting there, you preach it. We've got to do this. So I'm going. And Jane said to me before I left, she said, you know what the problem is? You want to die preaching. And I do. Like my buddy Mike Wells. Didn't he die while he was preaching? Yep. I went, that's the way to go. Okay, 
Now, number one, head of gold, king of Babylon. The book of Revelation says it shall return. It shall rise up out of the dust. It's coming back. Well, what is the Tower of Babylon? Well, Nimrod was really the original idiot. Deceived and deceiving others. And he was pulling together religions that were forming on the earth together and he was building this tower rising up to God to make this public statement to him. Well, I think today that's called multiple paths to one tower. Well done, Daniel. Number two, chest and arms of silver, which is the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. That's the Islamic nation. Is that an issue today? It's not an issue. When I was listening to the journey that our president went on, stopping in to negotiate a deal with some key Islamic people, non-radicals, I wept sitting on that couch this week because there's not going to be any peace. This is, this is an act of deception. And now he's over in Israel and he's working on a peace deal with them. You know, I, I just want to set him down and say, you need to understand something. This is not going to take care of itself, nor are we going to be able to heal it. There needs to be a war, but see, that's why he's there, is to avoid the conflict. Oh, this, that's, that's a, that's a big one. Well done, Daniel. So then belly and thighs of bronze, which is the kingdom of ancient Greece, the worship of multiple gods. Do a little studying on, on the history of Greece. And it, it's sick. These people were, were worshiping goddesses and little gods and mini gods. And well, I kind of look around today and I go, well, that's football. That's, that's baseball. That's, you know, and the list goes on and on. We have our own idols. Nothing new under the sun there. Well done, Daniel. And then we have the number four, which is legs of iron, the stability of the trunk. Kingdom of ancient Rome, and if you read Book of Revelation, you'll come to realize that whatever nation is sitting on top of the seventh hill, which happens to be the Vatican. Boy, am I going to get a 602... 292, 2982. But I'm here to tell you, I am loaded with data. One of my friends, very close friends, who has experienced the indwelling life as a cardinal and decided God told him to stay in the Vatican and he heads up the library. I'm loaded for bear. And I'm telling you, they're the nation on that seventh hill. Well done, Daniel. Number five, the feet of iron and clay, which is the kingdom of restored Rome, which is political. And that is the world religion of Nicolonians from Deacon Nicholas that is spoken of in Revelation chapter 2, I believe it's verse 16. Jesus said that he hated, well, he first gave them a compliment saying, you guys hate the the deeds of Deacon uh, Nicholas. And I hate them as well. He wasn't hating them. He was hating the teachings. 
And if you know a little bit about church history, what basically this deacon was forcing upon the seven churches was that the people were too ignorant and sinful to have contact with God directly or Jesus Christ. They need a priest. It was the earliest historical statement of Catholicism coming. Well done, Daniel. And then finally, the crushing rock. Well, that's none other than the rock of salvation. It's Jesus Christ, the solid rock in which we stand and have within us. So here's what it amounts to. Universal idol of thought, belief, and infrastructure. See, and my preaching is not going to go over well with a millennial or a millennial mommy. Do you know that there are mommies, primarily mothers, who immediately adopt the culture of their children because they're fearful of losing them. And all of a sudden you see this 50, 60-year-old mother dressing like a millennial, sounding like a millennial, posting like a millennial, and not even knowing what they're doing. It's a big problem. Number two, the multiple paths to one God. Well, I hate to shock some of you that are listening. That one God is Satan. Because he's certainly not my God. He's not going to take the nasty habits and thinking of some religious leader or his people or her people and adopt them with their identity. The only way to get from point A to point B in true indwelt Christianity is you have to drop one identity and pick up another identity. There's no blending, merging or mixing them up. Chrislam, Christianity, and Muslim. And the list goes on and on. There's 320 primary religions that use the term Christianity. And then you have the Islamic world religion. That's the descendants of Ishmael. You have worship of many gods. They run to Satan. Five, beliefs of the Nicolonians, Catholics, which is the Islamic nation's main target. That too is out of the horse's mouth. I got that from an imam. That they believe this Issa is in Iran. Yes, you heard me. That's a 602. They believe he's alive. And he lives in Iran. And Iran must conquer Europe. Guess who just found out why Our president is there. Even educated politicians know what I just said is truth. But no, not the Christians. We have to say all dizzy because that's too heavy. He also said that this Issa has to come out and kill, destroy the leader of the Roman church. Why? The Christian crusades weren't about indwelt Christians fighting the Muslim, it was Catholics. This is revenge. That Christ figure, which they call an antichrist, the Pope, must die. And then they go after some political agendas, which does include true indwelt Christians. But that we're not the top of the pile, I'm afraid. So that's real history and real future there for you. Now, there's this new millennial Jesus that has been introduced to our churches. I was uh, 
given this testimony by one of our board members, and they were at a church in Phoenix. And out of the center stage, with with dry eye smoke coming out with it, this is a mega church in Phoenix, and on it is the author of the book of the shack. And she listened to that man, and he said some blasphemous things against Jesus Christ and the true authentic gospel. Her and her husband got up and walked out of that church, which I applauded them for. But guess who's not going to quit popularizing this heresy? The world has found themselves a new millennial Jesus, where you take demonic-looking figures and you make them look Christian. Cartoons. You know, television shows touched by an angel. Really? I doubt that was an angel they were getting touched by. But see, the culture bought it. And now this Jesus is kind of whatever you want to make him to be. So when I deal with these millennials, I have to remember, I can't just use the term Christian. I can't just use the term Jesus, the name Jesus. I've got to walk them through because they have merged, mixed, blended Jesus with demonic doctrines. And he is not the one who's living inside of us. And who is getting rejected when they preach the authentic Jesus? The authentic ones. We have a problem. And we've got to get this thing solved. So we have to answer the question, do we really believe there is an Antichrist that's going to appear. Does anyone here believe that? Well, this probably won't shock you. If you ask that question in the 50s, almost everyone in the auditorium would raise their hand. It means preachers probably preached some good stuff. You do it today, that's not what you're going to get. You see... They don't want to buy the concept of hell. See, the translations have literally removed the word hell out of these new translations. They don't want to deal with hell because they'll have to deal with something that is said about hell and who's going to be there. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.